Hello, and welcome to The Context. My name is Scott Pruitt, and I'm an anchor with News China. With our podcast, we aim to provide insight into the current trends of modern China, allowing you to clearly see what's happening today through a historical lens. Today we'll introduce a Chinese explorer from more than 2,000 years ago who was the first person to provide the Han Empire with a reliable account of the uncharted lands of Central Asia, thus paving the way for the development of the Silk Road. Just this past May 18th and 19th, the first ever China-Central Asia summit was held in Xi'an of northwest China's Shanxi province. At the invitation of Chinese President Xi Jinping, the presidents of all five Central Asian countries attended the summit and opened a new chapter in China-Central Asia cooperation. It was in 2013 that President Xi first visited Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and Kyrgyzstan as China's head of state, at which time President Xi proposed jointly building an economic belt along the Silk Road. Over the decades since, Central Asian countries, which also include Tajikistan, have set a prime example of what the Belt and Road Initiative can build, with vigorous cooperation resulting in mutual development. With the new initiatives coming out of this year's summit, the economic cooperation between China and Central Asia will extend to more business sectors, including e-commerce. Now let's introduce some background on these ancient trade routes to better understand how important they have been, and conceptually still are, in history's march toward globalization. The well-traveled trade routes between Europe and China extended approximately 6,440 kilometers, traversing some of the world's most formidable landscapes. But it was the unique merchandise at the end of the arduous journey that made it worth the effort for those European traders, prompting German geographer Ferdinand von Richthofen in 1877 to coin the term Silk Road. The establishment of the Silk Road changed not only the way trade was conducted, but diplomatic relations as well. While the most famous explorer associated with the Silk Road is perhaps Marco Polo, the Venetian merchant who traveled from Europe to Asia in the 13th century and remained in China for 17 years to serve the Mongol ruler Kublai Khan, it was through the efforts of several historical figures that the networks of the Silk Road expanded to incorporate vast areas of land. More than 1,300 years before Marco Polo traveled the Silk Road, recounting tales of his adventures to those in Europe, a Chinese diplomat and explorer named Zhang Qin conducted two expeditions that are now considered to have laid the foundation of the first Silk Road. In 202 BCE, after the tumultuous spring and autumn period and the Warring States period when Emperor Gaozu finally united China and founded the Han Dynasty, North and West China were still constantly threatened by raids from the Xiongnu people. These were nomadic Mongol tribes known in the West as the Huns. The early Han emperors had to concentrate on implementing economic and social reforms to recover from the wars and consolidate their power. 
These endeavors left the Han emperors with no energy or resources to confront the Xiongnu head-on. They had to make peace by marriage, gifts, and a passive defense policy. In the meantime, the Xiongnu kept expanding their territory to control what is now Inner Mongolia, Xinjiang, and Central Asia. By the time the Han's seventh emperor, Wu, ascended the throne in 141 BCE, the empire was becoming prosperous and powerful due to the efforts of several generations of emperors. Emperor Wu decided to handle Xiongnu's threat by forming an alliance with other tribes or kingdoms in present-day Xinjiang and Central Asia. One day, Emperor Wu heard that the Xiongnu had invaded Yuezhi, a tribe in the present-day Tajikistan, and killed their king, and that the Yuezhi were seeking revenge. So Emperor Wu decided to dispatch Zhang Qin, a 25-year-old court attendant, to lead an expedition into the unknown region to seek a military alliance with the Yuezhi. In 139 BCE, Zhang Qin set off westward from the imperial capital of Chang'an. Together with 100 men, he traveled to the western end of the Great Wall and ventured further towards the notorious Taklamakan Desert. The ominous-sounding name came from a local dialect that meant, Go into this place and you won't come out alive. If that wasn't bad enough, as soon as they left the Han territory, they were captured by the Xiongnu and held captive for about ten years. Now this would have been the end of the story for a lot of people, but not for Zhang Qin. When restrictions on them were slightly eased, he and his men managed to escape and continue their westward journey. They found a way to bypass the death trap of the Taklamakan Desert and went over the Tian Shan Mountain, eventually reaching Yuezhi in 129 BCE. Although the Yuezhi had been humiliated and expelled by the Xiongnu from their former territory, after a decade had passed, they had settled down and lost their lust for revenge. Zhang Qian stayed for a whole year trying to persuade the Yuezhi leader into forming a military alliance with the Han, but this proposal was declined in the end. On his return trip, Zhang Qian was captured again by the Xiongnu. He was only able to escape a year later as the Xiongnu were preoccupied with internal power struggles after the death of their king. He finally arrived in Chang'an after 13 years of absence in 126 BCE with only one man left from the 100 who started out with him. Emperor Wu had long given up hope for Zhang and his expedition, believing that they were already dead. The emperor was amazed at Zhang Qin's detailed reports of the people and landscapes of those western countries. He was very happy with Zhang's loyalty and rewarded him with a higher official title. This expedition marked the opening up of the ancient Silk Road. Although the route had almost certainly been used by occasional traders before Zhang Qin's trip, it was through Zhang that the Han Dynasty discovered the potential for trade with the West, thus laying the foundation for what was eventually to be known as the Silk Road. After that, Zhang Qin was assigned many military tasks against the Xiongnu because of his knowledge of the Western regions, and for his contributions in assisting General Wei Qing and Huo Chubing in the battlefield, he was awarded a noble title. In 119 BCE, Emperor Wu sent Zhang Qin on a second expedition to forge a military alliance with Wu Sun, a state in the present-day Xinjiang. By this time, the Xiongnu territory had largely been taken over by the Han Empire, so the delegation of 300 men and a rich stock of presents arrived in Wu Sun safe and sound. 
Unfortunately, Wu Sun itself was engaged in a civil war and showed no interest in fighting against the Xiongnu. However, they agreed to send a delegation of diplomats, merchants, and translators and escorted Zhang Qian on his return trip to the Han. Despite the frustration with Wu Sun, Zhang sent his assistants to visit the present-day Uzbekistan, Afghanistan, Iran, India, and other nations in the region. In 115 BCE, Zhang Qin returned to Chang'an. During the second exhibition, more countries along the Silk Road decided to establish diplomatic relations with the Han Empire, and more diplomats and merchants were sent to Han. After the Wusun delegation reported back what they had seen in the Han Empire, the Wusun ruler formally concluded a marriage alliance with the Han. In the end, the plan to forge an alliance against the Xiongnu worked out. The Xiongnu were finally driven from northwest China, and the power of the Han Empire spread across the entire Tarim Basin. Zhang Qin's mission helped bring China into contact with the Western world and establish the networks needed for the Silk Road to become a major link for transportation and trade over the centuries to come. Finally, caravans could safely journey through the western regions, and westbound traders soon began to explore the new route by exporting silk and other wares and bringing back all kinds of new wonders and tales about the empires of the west. Silk was exchanged for luxuries such as furs, precious stones, and ivory, New varieties of food, which later became central to China's agricultural production, were also introduced, such as grapes, watermelons, cucumbers, garlic, celery, and so on. Chinese technologies and tools also spread to the West. A few significant examples include agricultural tools and irrigation techniques, as well as pottery making and metallurgical techniques. Perhaps some of the most long-standing and ongoing legacies of this remarkable trade network are reflected in the many distinct cultures, languages, customs, and religions that were exchanged along these routes. The passages of merchants and travelers of many different nationalities brought about not only commercial exchange, but also a continuous process of cultural interaction. On his second expedition, Zhang Qin took with him a group of singing and dancing acrobats and magicians, the familiar four-string Chinese lute, or pipa, and the reed flute, hu jia, were also introduced to the Central Plains through the Silk Road. Zhang Qin died a year after returning from the second expedition in 114 BCE. He was buried in his hometown in Hanzhong of northwest China's Shanxi province. His tomb was listed in 2014 as an important World Heritage Site as part of UNESCO's Silk Roads, the Routes Network of the Chang'an Tian Corridor. While leaders of China and Central Asian countries released the Xi'an Declaration of the China Central Asia Summit with a list of outcomes, it is thanks to Zhang Qin, an explorer and diplomat in every sense of the word, that the six countries are determined to work together to foster a closer China-Central Asia community with a shared future along an open, inclusive, and mutually beneficial modern Silk Road. Well, that's the end of our podcast. Our theme music is by the famous film score composer Rock Chun. We want to thank our writer Liu Wei Tao, translator Yang Guang, and copy editor Pu Ren. And thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, please tell a friend so they too can understand 
The Context. 